Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. is the executive director of Sisters in Crime, and I am really happy to be talking to Jackie York this week on um, the episode. Jackie is a board member for Sisters in Crime. She's a treasurer, so people who serve on boards know what an important role that is. Um, and she's also moving into service as uh, in chapter leadership, and we're going to talk about this a little bit. Sisters in Crime has 59 chapters as we're recording uh, this podcast uh, in throughout the United States and in Canada, and we're growing. Uh, there's a possibility of three more chapters coming on board this summer. So chapter leadership is a huge part of what Sisters in Crime does. But Ch- Jackie was also a bookseller for 11 years. And so given all of this perspective and given all um, of this knowledge about the book industry and also her support of writers by by working with Sisters in Crime in different capacities. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Jackie. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Let's talk a little bit about your book selling experience, and then we'll talk about how you sort of moved into Sisters in Crime world. Okay. Um, so back in the late 90s, uh, I was uh, out of college looking for a job, huge reader. Um, and I just kind of stumbled into working for, at the time, it was called Walden Books. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a nationwide chain. I, I believe there might've been some in Canada, but nationwide in the United States. And, uh, it was like the perfect spot for me. Uh, I was a huge reader. Um, Walden books really catered to the mall crowd. So we got a lot of families, um, you know, a lot of folks who were, I don't want to say new to reading, but, but not deep readers. Uh, so it was a great experience for me. And as I progressed through my career at Walden's, I became a store manager in a flagship store, um, and it was just, it was a great experience. Uh, I, I preferred the selling to the managing, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um, but I mean, I, I always say it was the luckiest period of my life because I worked with such phenomenally smart people. And I also had phenomenal customers in the stores that I was in. And, you know, a lot of that is, it's just working with readers is, is a blessing and a gift uh, and having worked with, with different clientels, I'll take readers any day. <laughs> well, Sisters in Crime has two programs. We have We Love Libraries and we have We Love Bookstores. And um, both of those have grants that we give out every other month. Um, and they also have other, we have a newsletter that we send out to books, um, bookstore owners and librarians. Because as writers, we all know the importance of librarians and booksellers in uh, helping us build our careers. And so can you talk about that from the bookstore's perspective of working with authors and some, you know, 
best practices or, or recommendations that you have for how, how folks can reach out? It's different now. I mean, I loved Walden Books back in the day, and uh, that no longer exists. But independent bookstores are are going strong right now or and, and, and need more support. So can you just talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So I think for me, the most important part was when the author first made contact with me, because uh, what I wanted to do was make sure that the author event was a success, because there's nothing more embarrassing than the author just sitting there not selling a book. And at the time I was a, a bookseller, really, there weren't um, elaborate setups, like that we didn't have panels per se. Occasionally we did. Um, you know, sometimes we had cook cookbook authors in. But the most important thing is actually finding the right person in a bookstore. Uh, and if you look at independent booksellers, they're so fantastic with social media that it's not difficult to isolate who the person you want to talk to is going to be. One of my fellow sisters in crime in the Delaware Valley chapter is Elena Santangelo. And it's one of the reasons why I became a member of the Delaware Valley chapter was because of Elena. Uh, she was, she's a mystery writer out of the uh, Valley Forge area. And, um, you know, we just, you know, she did all the right things. She came in, you know, she asked for the mystery reader, um, which was me. Uh, and so, so d double good for her. I was the manager as well as the mystery reader. <laughs> and, um, you know, we just... It was, it's a great experience when you click well with a bookseller and an author. Um, so, I mean, the one thing I would say is find the right person in the bookstore. And in a general bookstore, not a specialty bookstore like a children's bookstore or a mystery bookstore, uh, obviously, it, you know, it, it, it may be that you don't have a, a dedicated mystery reader. But... <sighs> I find that hard to believe because it's such a popular genre that mm -hmm. I have a hard time believing that. But that's the first thing. Find the right person. Uh, and then the next thing is, you know, be true to your word. Because that was the one thing as as a bookstore manager, I was always nervous. Were they going to remember? Um, and this was in the day, obviously, I, I left Walden's in 2008, so about three years before the company folded. Uh, we So we weren't, there wasn't a lot of social media. Um, a lot of it was word of mouth. Um, but I was always kind of calling to make sure they were going to be there, especially if mm -hmm. I had a new author. Um, but just make sure that you're true to your word. And, and also make sure if you have any idea how many books you're going to sell, you know, if, if you've done a couple of events and you know you're going to sell 15 to 30 books, whatever, you know, let us know because, you know, that's, that's important. Uh, also, um, you know, make sure that you sign some copies for the store to sell after you leave. Um, you know, any collateral, collateral you would like to bring. Uh, I always recommend bookmarks um, as an avid reader. For some reason, I, I don't know what I do with bookmarks, but I could always use another bookmark. Right. Um, and it's something, too, for um, booksellers to bag stuff. Um, so that's also important, too. Uh, but other than that, just make sure that uh, you make eye contact with the customers as they come in. Not creepy eye contact. Uh, you know, just, hi, how you doing? Uh, and that's, you know, for some authors that really is, that's hard. It's hard, it's hard to be, uh, an extrovert in those situations. I was really lucky. Um, I helped one of my fellow stores, uh, when Lisa Scalini was first starting out, um, and she would make meatballs. Like that was her lore <laughs> for customers but to make meatballs. And, um, but if you've ever seen Lisa Scalini, you know, no one has ever accused her of being an introvert. 
Right. Um, so if you could take just a small page from that book, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of put on your cheerleader hat when you go out that day, uh, that's hugely important as well. Um, I mean, I had authors uh, who would just sit there and read their books silently to themselves. And quite frankly, they didn't sell very, very many books. So. Yeah, there are two different kinds of events. And so one of them is the just you're there to do a signing. And so uh, from the author's perspective, would you recommend them pre-gaming it so that they also have friends who come by so it looks like there's there's momentum and there's some opportunities there? I mean, absolutely. If that's something you feel comfortable doing. Um, and I do believe Elena did that the first couple of times. I mean, uh, I believe Elena's first signing with me was in late 99 or early 2000. I mean, that's how far we're going back here. Um, but they were, in this instance, they were Elena's sisters in crime, um, you know, fellow um, members of the, yeah. of the Delaware Valley chapter. So, um, and that's how I got to know Donna Houston Murray, um, who also signed in my store. And I, I'm blanking on any other names at the, off the top of my head, but, but both of those authors came in quite often um, to do signings in my store. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and also kind of knowing, uh, who, who the crowd is that comes into a, a bookstore. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I think that's probably even more true with independent booksellers, um, where they sit. We have a local one that's in a college town. So a lot of their clientele are younger. Um, mm -hmm. when I worked in the mall I worked in, um, it was a destination mall. So these folks might be coming. Um, I, I had a lot of customers that came in from the Bahamas. Wow. So, yeah. um, I mean, we were truly a, a, a tourist type mall. So yeah. kind of knowing that I think is helpful too, like knowing a little bit about the area you're going to be uh, signing in. And sometimes there are uh, events that people have. So, you know, uh, there's a member of Sisters in Crime who runs a uh, Book, uh, book club up in Ithaca, New York, and, you know, we'll invite authors to come up in person or, or virtually, and they all get together and, and uh, talk about the book, which is great. But other times it's just a, can you give a talk? Can you, you know, do a reading or something? What are, what are your recommendations for making sure those are uh, as effective as they can be? So the one thing I will say, it was not something that um, my store did, again, just more because of locale. But I know with um, there's a local mystery bookstore, Mechanicsburg Mystery Bookstore here in Central PA, and they do these panels several times a year. Um, and the one thing I would always recommend, which they seem to do a good job with, is making sure that people are well prepped ahead of time, meaning the authors who are speaking and that the topic is, you know, kind of in their sweet spot, like they're not talking about something that they don't really know anything about. Um, and they're and that keeping it top of mind for people. Um, one of my favorite uh, authors to see speak, and, and I actually saw him there the first time at Mechanicsburg, was um, Craig Johnson. Now, he does not do a panel, but he comes in and, and he does a reading. He talks about his life in Wyoming. He talks about his life as a writer. Um, you know, obviously, he's a big enough author that he's, he's, a, he's a draw in unto a, of himself. Um, so you know, again, making sure that they have a plan. Now I know for a fact that Craig spends a lot of time kind of crafting what he's going to say. Mm -hmm. Um, some of it might be familiar to, um, previous attendees, but he always has something new to say. Um, and that when they have panels that the theme again, kind of meets your sweet spot. So you're not talking about things that you clearly know nothing about. 
Yeah, when on this podcast, I'm talking about people's writing journey, but also their publishing journey. And these relationships with readers are the publishing part of the world. So you need to meet publishers and editors and agents and do all that stuff. But your interaction with your readers is a one-on-one relationship. And when you build that relationship over time, they're with you. They, they're, they're, they want you to be successful. They, you know, they'll pre-order books and they'll do everything else. So, so Craig Johnson's a great example of somebody who, uh, who really loves talking to his readers. Right. Really loves it. He's not pretending. He loves to talk to his readers. He will sign books for as long as there are people online. Um, and for some people who are introverts, that can, that can feel more difficult, but you, you need to figure out how to do it. Absolutely. And I think too, um, you know, letting your bookseller know what your, what your style is, um, what your needs are ahead of time. I mean, we were always very aware in my store, you know, do we need to make sure that, um, you know, our author had what kind of chair they needed, um, or what kind of beverage or, or any of that kind of stuff and, and build that relationship with the bookseller. Because honestly, the bookseller, I'm, I mean, every bookseller I've ever met is a reader first. Yes. And, and so they want you to do well. They want you to feel successful. Um, and so I think kind of, kind of talking to the bookseller and, and, you know, making all these plans around like what makes you most comfortable. And, um, <clears throat> so I know I've seen with Craig, like he spends 20 minutes to half an hour before a talk completely isolated. Um, you know, kind of thinking about what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had, I've had authors do that too, because they, they're just not used to dealing with the public the way like that we were, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and the other nice thing is, um, when you're dealing with a, with a really active, um, book selling store is that they know their customers and they're going to make sure that those customers are there to support that author. Even if they've never read that author, um, you know, they're going to be curious to see, because what I have also found is, you know, if you have a dedicated sci-fi fantasy reader, they're still curious about the process. Right. And so they're, you know, and it's interesting to me because I think that, um, you know, the, I don't want to say the process is the same if you're, you know, world building and fantasy, but there's a little bit of A and B, right? I mean, you can kind of pull from A to work in B. So um, I think for people who are, who are devoted readers, they don't care what you wrote. They, they just like to hear you talk about, you know, your process and, and, you know, what the book is about and how you got there. Yeah. And I think that the preparation time, you know, as actors prepare, you know, just maybe having a note card with five points that you can look at just to refresh yourself or having, having a, a, you know, a, a couple of talks in your toolbox that you can give that make, that you've practiced, that make you feel comfortable, but also that um, provide value to the folks who are coming to see you talk um, and make them want to buy your book. Right. Yeah. It's not easy, but it is, uh, it is possible. And, and, you know, there are, maybe we should do a webinar about this. There are, um, ways that actors prepare. I mean, it's, again, it's the same thing of just, just understanding you're playing the character of the author at that moment. Right. You may not feel comfortable, but you've got to play that. So is there jacket you wear? Is there, do you cook meatballs? Are you, what do you do to fill that role and to play that role? 
And we had an author in, uh, he wrote thrillers and, um, he would do, and this is, I mean, you know, 20 years ago, he would do the wonder woman pose in my back room because he was very nervous to talk to people. And, and he was a lovely man, you know, one-on-one, but a group, um, terrified him, you know? And so he would have to like, you know, sort of, you know, buck himself up before he could go out and deal with the public. (laughs) Yeah, it's and it's fine to have to have rituals to do that and to 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 um, you know if you have something in your pocket that you can touch that makes you feel better, whatever it is. Um, but you you need to figure this out, and that also includes your interaction with booksellers. Is they're human beings, <laughs> you know. Introduce yourself, thank them, you know. Do all the stuff that you need to do, right. Yeah. Right. No, it's so what do you how did you did you ever have people who did group events? Because I've noticed that that's a trend now is that, uh, you know, instead of one cozy author, there'll be four cozy authors who are doing a, a book event um, so that it's different. They pull in different audiences. And the idea is even if they don't buy the books right now, they're, they've heard about different people and, and it can kind of, you know, help help build audiences. So, I mean, from in my day, in my day, back in my day, um, that was generally related, um, or relegated to, um, nonfiction or cookbook authors. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm trying to recall now why we did that. I think some of it was just a, a local thing. I'm in the greater Philadelphia area. Um, and we had a great, um, conference convention every year called the book and the cook. So we would get some uh, chefs that would come in uh, and and talk about their different cooking methods and their cookbooks and things like that. Um, but what I have seen, and and so this is part of my sisters in crime journey, was four or five years ago, um, my local chapter gave a book grant to one of my local independent booksellers, and they were going to have a conversation about mysteries in the world today. And when I went into the bookstore, I, you know, I went in in the, pres- the, pre- the prescribed time, and um, uh, they were just kind of sitting around, like in their on their sofas and chairs and stuff, and they were talking about like the history of the mystery. And I just kind of lurked in the bookshelves because I felt like I was going to interrupt them. You know, I didn't because it sounded like it was a very intense conversation that was very interesting to me. Um, but uh, I actually like the panels more because there's less pressure on individual authors. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, uh, I, I actually think people are more willing to buy multiple books or just to buy books in general. Because if you have one author, the pressure is to buy that author's book or, or backlist or whatever. Right. Um, but when you, have a, when you have a group of authors, you know, maybe you're not interested in author A, but you're interested in author B and C. Uh, and so I, I actually think that's really helpful. Or alternatively, what I will also say is uh, you may not have been interested in author A when you plan to attend the event, but after hearing them speak and seeing them interact with the other authors, you're like, hey, I'm going to give them a try, you know? Right. So I, I actually like the panel concept better and the conversation better than what happened sort of in my day, so to speak, because uh, I think it puts less pressure on the, on the, both the bookseller and the mm-hmm. author. Yeah. And also, if somebody's bought 
author B and C's books, but they come up to the table where everyone's signing, they can pick up author A's bookmark. <laughs> and so they're, you know, you're doing the work to make sure that people are, you know, are remembering and, and everything else. Right. And these days, just another thought is, uh, you, when you do these events, you should pass around a uh, piece of paper or a sign-up sheet for newsletters, and then right. you can share it with the other authors. Um, but always, whenever you have an audience, make sure that you gather um, gather names for your newsletter, and at the very least, at, uh, early on, put them in an Excel spreadsheet so you have them when you're ready. Right. Um, yeah. It's... Um, I think that what we don't always understand is the hand selling that is done by booksellers and, and, and the recommendations that are done by booksellers and librarians right. once they get to know and they can make connections as well yeah. and how important that is. And I will tell you, that's huge. Like I, it was, ironically, it was one of the reasons I left Walden's in 2008 was because they had what were called make books. So they would give you a title and they'd give you a description and they tell you the words to use to sell the book. But what I will say is, um, for, for devoted readers, um, that's insulting because we read what we love. Um, right. and I, I mean, I can go into a book, I guarantee you, I can go into a bookstore today and hand sell a dozen books. Um, right. and, and again, it's just, it's, um, I am not a salesperson at heart. And I believe most booksellers are not, but we love to read and we love the books. Um, and so, and, and in some respects, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so resistant to eBooks. I read eBooks, um, but they're never my first choice. Um, I, I am privileged enough to not have to base my book purchases on, on uh, selling, you know, the, the cost of a book. And I'm a big library user as well, but um, I just love a physical book because you know, when I'm done and I love it, like I want to give it to somebody else. I want to, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to tell somebody else about it. Um, and to me, it's very hard to hand sell a ebook. I'm not saying you can't. Um, I'm just saying it's just, it's a different, it's a different animal. And, you know, it's interesting because I, when I talk to booksellers today, they're so good at it um, because they're doing it on social media as well as in person. Right. Right. They're so good at it. But for authors, I think one of the things to understand is that social media is a very important amplifier and, and way to do things, but it's actually word of mouth is, is probably still the best form of advertising you can have. <laughs> so it's that um, when you talk about that, that selling or talking to people, we all do that. We're like, oh, I love the series or I do that, you know, whatever we're doing, but that's that is, that's not a small thing. That's a huge part of the whole, the whole way this works is word of mouth, is recommendations, is, you know, holding up a book cover or if you need to, your e-reader, but um, to say, I'm reading this book and I'm enjoying it. Right. Right. I mean, I, you know, I don't know, to this day, I can still remember some of my favorite books to, to hand sell to customers. Um, and I, I could probably give a list of, you know, of books that I would recommend that I've read in the last couple of years that I would be hand selling today if I were a bookseller. 
And did you ever ask, because I've been in bookstores and I've also gone to libraries where some will say, what do you, what, what do you like? What do you read? And then they take that. I mean, it's sort of a human algorithm, but they'll say, oh, have you read this? I think that's how I discovered Elizabeth George way back in the day is, you know, I was reading somebody else, something else. And somebody said, oh, you should read Elizabeth George. And, you know, the rest is history on that one as well. Yes. And in fact, um, I, in every workplace I've been since leaving the bookstore, um, I've become that person. They're like, I like to read. And I say, oh, okay, then you would probably like this. Um, And I always joke that, you know, all of my knowledge is a mystery, but it actually isn't. Like I I realize, um, uh, I I guess I want to be careful how I say this. I have a friend who um, we were sitting side by side working on a project and every time she would look over, not every time because we were working, but she would look over and I'd be checking my email and it would all be book related email, reviews of books, new books coming out, everything, everything. And she started calling it my book porn because I, I can't not read about books. Like even if it's not something I would ever read, I'm like, oh, yes, I'd love to read this multi-generational fantasy saga that, you know, I'm never going to read, but I'll read the review of it. Um, and I, I guess it's old book selling habits die hard. You know, I'm just I'm curious to see what's being published and, and uh, what's getting reviewed. And, and you know, so I, I always have something. And I had a laugh. Uh, I, I had a, a former boss who wanted to read about the, uh, the troubles in Ireland. And, uh, he picked a book and he's like, Oh, it's really dense. And I said, Oh, there's another one. It's like a true crime and takes place in the seventies. And I sent him the link to it. And he's like, yeah, that would have been a lot better. And I'm like, you can always come to me. <laughs> so I will always have a book recommendation for you. Well, and I should tell listeners that one thing that Jackie does is in her email, um, you know, line after her signature, she says, these are the five books I've, I'm either reading or have read recently. So when she sends you an email, I always look at what you're reading because you'll read old, you know, Agatha Christie and you'll read current and you read in different genres. But I think that's a lovely also way to um, amplify work passively. It's just, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're telling people you're a reader and this is what you're reading. And so I won't lie, I got that. I volunteered at a local library and the um, library director did that. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm going to do that. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you've also served on boards and on a library and you know a little bit about that world as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's a very, very, very different world. I didn't know what I was getting into when I signed up for that. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's, that's a fascinating world too. Um, You know, and, and getting your books on a library shelf is, is a different process entirely. Um, But I, uh, you know, but they do take a lot of recommendations from patrons. Yes, they do. Uh, they so. do. What, that's one of, uh, when sometimes I've heard readers apologize to writers because they get their book out of the library. It's like, it doesn't matter how you got it. If you read it, that's all that matters. But asking a librarian to order a book um, is a great way to just amplify as well. They might not be able to do it. It might not be in their budget, but you can certainly amplify that as well. I will also say, and um, I, <laughs> um, when I first started volunteering with the library, I said, "Oh, I'd, I'd love to help you set up author panels." I said, "Because I, you know, I know some people, and I'd love to be able to help you do that." And the library director was skeptical, and she just said, "I don't, I don't find that to be successful for our library to have authors come in." And uh, we, we, we proved it. I, pr- I proved it wrong. 
Um, mm. You know, you have to get the right mix. You have to get, um, you know, the right time, of course. I mean, that's one thing I will tell people if they're looking to work with their local library, figure out, you know, when the hottest time to be there is. Right. Um, right. And uh, Saturdays in the summertime, by the way, is not it. Don't do that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, having a, an author panel at a library, uh, that's a fabulous way to get your name out. Um, several local libraries in the pandemic times that I deal with have been doing uh, writers chats with local authors and yeah. it, they have been phenomenal. It's just been a phenomenal way to see people that I wouldn't have seen because I'm not going to travel, you know, 40 minutes out of my way on a weeknight. So, yeah. And I wonder if that kind of programming is going to continue even when things open up because it is so successful to have these Zoom events that also can live online forever. I mean, in-person is wonderful, but virtually also is a wonderful opportunity as far as accessibility and longevity and everything else. Well, I agree. It's a great level. It's a great uh, level playing field because again, I know that, you know, working a nine to five job, like I wouldn't, I just wouldn't make some of these events. Um, but more importantly for people who, you know, have difficulty traveling to some right. of these events, I, you know, um, yeah, I mean, just a, uh, just a tremendous opportunity, you know, to hear people speak. It really is. It really is. So, and I think that I will, well, I'll definitely be talking to librarians moving forward, but I, I think that what we talked about goes, is true for that to meet the librarians, like be, be present, you know, people are human beings, you're a human being, connect on the human level before you start to forge a business uh, relationship. Absolutely. Yep. And some uh, Sisters in Crime chapters have uh, library events and they have speakers bureaus and things like that. So if you're a member of Sisters in Crime and you have a local chapter, see if they um, they also have speakers bureaus that you can sign up so that when, you know, some libraries will reach out to, for instance, I'm in the New England chapter, the New England chapter speakers bureau because they want to do an event and, and they'll, you know, and then Sisters in Crime will bring four or five authors in for those events, which is great. Really great. So let's talk a little bit about Sisters in Crime and, and your, you know, your service to this organization as a reader um, why, why did you get involved? So that's a really good question. You know, I, I, uh, I vaguely remember when Sisters in Crime started because there were a few mass market paperbacks published like back in the late eighties, early nineties that were anthologies related to Sisters in Crime. Um, but I think I had always read a lot of female authors with female protagonists and I think I, I thought I understood what Sisters in Crime was trying to do, which was lay, level the playing field um, for uh, crime writers, um, for female crime writers. And, um, you know, it just, it just meant... <laughs> It just meant so much to me because I have I've gotten so much enjoyment from so many so many books over the years and um, and then I like I said I had I had the benefit of meeting Elena um, back in the late '90s early 2000s and she was a founding member of the Delaware Valley chapter. Wow! And how much um, how much support she got from her fellow chapter members mm -hmm. and what 
like friendships she forged with people. Uh, when I met Elena, obviously I was working in retail. So, um, the meeting time was not for me. It was a Saturday morning. So, um, you know, I knew that one day I would have one day I would have a job that would allow me to attend these meetings in person. And, um, and, and like I said, when I heard that actually Elena was one of the people who presented the, uh, bookstore grant, uh, to my, my local indie. And, uh, so I, I went there thinking, gosh, I haven't seen her in so long. I doubt she'll know who I am. I mean, it had probably been a decade and I was, as I said, I was kind of prowling around the store. Um, and I, and I kind of caught her eye and she just like burst out. She knew exactly who I was and we were so excited to see each other. And, um, you know, she's the reason why I started attending chapter meetings in the fall of 2017. Now I had been a, a national member at that point for a few years, but um, just, just the sheer, um, camaraderie and it is a group, uh, Delaware Valley is definitely a group that's pretty evenly split between readers and writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a, an amazingly supportive group. Um, I, I, uh, I, I had always in my, in my like, um, long held dreams wanted to be a writer and, um, actually meeting people who did it every day. Uh, demystified some of it because in my mind, because I was such a devoted reader that authors are like giants in my head. Like I could never do that because I all have like, you know, I don't know. You you know, I mean, I I had in my head a very specific idea of what writers were like, and it turns out they're kind of like me. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it took until I came to a sisters in crime meeting to really fully understand that. Um, you know, I had gone to, I I think one malice by the time I decided to go to my local chapter meetings and a malice domestic, um, is overwhelming because there's so many people and there's so many events. So you don't get the opportunity to just sit there and chit chat with somebody about, I mean, you can, but it's, it's not as easy as at a chapter meeting. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, you know, it's one of the things that has kind of kickstarted my interest in writing again. Um, and I think probably made me a better reader, uh, just, Mm -hmm. just talking to these folks, just, you know, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing experience. And, um, everyone, uh, I, I always neglect to say this, but when I decided to attend meetings in person, I said to my mom, who's always been a huge mystery reader, I'm like, well, do you want to come? Cause she was, she's retired. And, uh, she's like, Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of just become, my mom's name is Mary. It's the Jackie and Mary show. You know, we, nice. we go and then we, you know, have lunch or we hit Trader Joe's because where we live, we don't have Trader Joe's. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so it, you know, it, it, it was, it was a whole, it was a whole, it's literally a journey for me. And then when the opportunity, you know, I would, I would avidly read my emails from Sisters in Crime. And I had been a treasurer for a couple of years with my local library. And I thought, well, how hard could it be? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it was a purely selfish thing because I, I, wanted, I wanted to hang out with people who wrote. Mm-hmm. Well, Sisters in Crime is, uh, is about community. And I think that you really... Uh, were were exactly 
we we feel the same way about this. You find your people at a Sisters in Crime meeting, and they become your people. And uh, it's really wonderful to be around people who share your passions and your interests, and you don't have to explain them. You don't have to justify them. You don't have to do anything else. Like, when you're with Sisters in Crime members, they get it. Like, it's just, that's fine. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. It really is. And, and, you know, it's, we don't ever have to, um, and the thing that amazes me, at least about my chapter, I can't speak for all chapters, is that, like I said, we're pretty evenly split between readers and writers. And, um, you know, we have had uh, talks about um, historical archaeological sites, um, um, you know, uh, cadaver dogs. And I will be honest with you, the readers, when we have some of the more gory topics, like cadaver dogs, it's kind of it's kind of gross, yeah. right? Um, they're the ones asking like these super detailed questions about like <laughs> how does a dog smell a cadaver, you know? And uh, <laughs> you know, and it's and it's it's just interesting to me because they all sit there and, and you know, my mom every time my mom has zero interest in writing. None whatsoever. And every time after we leave a meeting, she's like, that was the best meeting ever. <laughs> Everyone was the best meeting ever. And so, and I think that says something um, about the quality of people you meet in Sisters in Crime is that, um, you know, there's just such a love for the, for reading and writing and crime fiction, which, you know, it is, it's, it certainly is its own little world for sure. Right. Yeah. Yes, it is. And it's a, it's a wonderful world. Um, and you and I both laughed when you talked about how, how much work could it be. Um, being the treasurer of a large organization like Sisters in Crime is not for the faint of heart. Um, and uh, I can't tell you how much we appreciate your service and your wisdom and your guidance on so many things, you know, in my time fairly recent of becoming um, the, the executive director, um, but I've been, you know, part of the organization for a long time. It's invaluable having these other points of view and these other thoughtful um, leaders who are willing to, to do service with the organization. So on behalf of everybody, thank you for being the treasurer. Well, thank you. And uh, I take, I take uh, compliments terribly, so I will shrug that off for a second. But, um, but what I will say, one of the most important things to me, um, serving on the national board is working with, um, women and men who are so thoughtful in how they interact with others. I work, uh, in the corporate world and, <clears throat> you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, talking what I call corporate language. Um, and there's such, on the board, there is such humanity, um, mm -hmm. and it helps me take it back to my day job when I don't feel like taking it back to my day job. Um, and uh, I know our treasurer, Faye, has said that um, the executive committee meets every other week that, you know, she kind of, she looks forward to it and she kind of treasures that time. And I'm the exact same way. Um, you know, we could meet for two hours every week. I'm not necessarily suggesting that, but we could, uh, but I, I, uh, 99% of the time leave feeling refreshed and, and that's, that's, that's a gift. Let me tell you, that's a gift. Well, and I, I will say that the, 
National Board of Sisters in Crime is truly a working board. And uh, when I talk to other executive directors, uh, the amount of work that uh, this board does is is something to be cherished and something to, that other folks wish for because uh, it's, you know, the organization's going to its 35th year and uh, there's been a lot of people who have done a lot of work um, over those years to keep it going and it's flourishing, which is an exciting thing. It's truly a labor of love. I don't know that I ever fully understood that expression in the past, but it truly is a labor of love because every once in a while I'll say, Oh, I don't want to do this, whatever. I mean, whatever, whatever task it is. And then like, I do it and I'm like, I feel better for doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, for listeners out there, because Jackie's also in leadership in her chapter. So your, your mother is going to really be excited because (laughs) her daughter is going to be running the meetings. Um, And that's, that's in, in process, but you know, there are opportunities to be, to get involved with your local chapters as well. And many chapters, um, would love to have some fresh voices and some fresh perspectives because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to run, um, run a sisters in crime chapter. So thank you for doing that as well. And I look forward to hearing more about that journey as it progresses. Well, as I always said, I, I always do things backwards, and I probably should have started at the local level and then moved to the national level. But, um, you know, we all take our own our own journey. Our own journey. So that yeah. is true, and and it is it is a roller coaster. So <laughs> we're going for the loops and going for the rides. Um, thanks so much for this conversation, Jackie. This has been great. Thank you. for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.